Welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. Today's topic, we're going to be speaking about shared ownership and purchasing a house using that scheme. So I'm going to be joined by a lovely guest who's going to be sharing her experience with the shared ownership scheme. So sharing her, the pros that she's found, the cons that she's found as well, and really just giving us her personal experience on it. So let's get straight into it. Hey, Joel. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. It's nice to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me on. I'm so happy to have this opportunity to be on your podcast. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, so obviously my name is Joanne. Um, I currently am fully self-employed. And the funny thing is that's actually the first time I've publicly kind of said it. Um, Not many people know that I don't work at typical nine to five anymore. Um, There was many reasons why that came about, um, but... I lost my job last year and I just kind of decided, you know what, this is always something I've wanted to do. I've always wanted to just go out alone. I've always wanted to just build my my own thing mm-hmm. and work for myself. And fortunately, I'm in the position where I can take a step back from a, you know, a salaried role and try and work on my dream. So that's basically what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I'm sort of just focusing on YouTube. So creating content on YouTube, creating content on Instagram. Um, I've started leaning more towards the the niche of helping people with their schedules, how to keep their houses clean, tidy with tips, organization, but also like if you're busy and you just like, I don't have the time for this, to help people to get on top of their schedules and be able to fit everything in because everyone has the same 24 hours. Um, it's just how you use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also launching a homeware business where I'm going to be selling home scents so starting off with wax melts but then I'm going to be expanding to more products as we go along so that's basically me really and she really oh nice that sounds really really exciting especially like starting something for yourself it's one of the best feelings but also one of the scariest feelings as well definitely because of course you don't have any guarantee that it's going to come out how you envision it in your head and it definitely requires a lot of courage. <laughs> oh, it definitely does. But th- that's the thing. I I didn't have the courage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the courage was forced upon me. <laughs> the courage was forced upon me. So, like, I mean, I've wanted to take the step for years. And then it just sort of happened. You know, I was forced into it. So I was like, you know what? It's now or never, really. Mm. Um, and I've just not, I've never looked back. And I don't regret it, to be quite honest with you. And that's amazing. It's funny because a lot of the times people kind of fall into pursuing their dreams. It's not always because you're always waiting for that perfect time where you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to wait until I've maybe reached this specific amount. That's when I'll do it. But it's always mm-hmm. kind of great when you get forced into it and you're just kind of like, let me just take hold yeah. of this opportunity now. So that's amazing. We <laughs> definitely want to speak a little bit more about what you're going to be doing in terms of your business and just speaking a bit more about your brand so that people can know where to find you, connect with you and who knows where the opportunities may lead. Definitely. All right, so let's get into today's topic. So we're speaking about shared ownership. I know that a lot of people have their opinions on it, good and bad. So I think it's yeah. always kind of nice to hear someone who's actually gone through the process share their own personal experience. So let's talk about what shared ownership actually is because some people listening might not even know. So shared ownership scheme is basically a scheme between buying and renting. It it combines both of them. So you basically own a share of the actual house and you also rent the other part that you don't own. So 
scheme allows you to own between a quarter and three quarters of the property. And again, you do have the option at a later date to buy a bigger share of the property. So it's an opportunity for those that may not necessarily be able to buy a house using the conventional means. So it gives you that option to be able to get onto the property ladder. So let's talk a little bit more about you. Why did you opt for the shared ownership scheme? So we, uh, myself, my husband, we opted for the shared ownership scheme, mostly because um, when we were getting married, we there's nothing wrong with people renting, by the way. I just want to put that out there, that there's nothing wrong with people renting. But that was just not our personal goal. We didn't want to rent. And also because my husband works in the state agency, he kind of obviously knows the field much better than I do. And in our aspect, in our mind, we were sort of like, if we rent, it's going to be a lot harder to save up for a deposit than if you just sort of go straight into it. Because obviously you're paying rent and then you're having to try and stump up this large deposit of money to go and buy like a house. It's it's a lot. So we were just like, we just want to go straight in. We just want to buy a property, get on the property ladder and just go from there. So at the time we were planning our wedding, we were pretty much self-funding it. We had We did have a lot of help from like friends and family but in terms of physical contribution like food drinks stuff like that but monetary contribution we were pretty much stumping up everything on our own mm-hmm. um and so we didn't have a lot of money to spare to put towards a deposit we were also using which obviously the sch- this scheme is not available anymore but we were also using the help to buy isa mm-hmm. at the time so we were putting money into that every month um, and for anyone that's not familiar, the Help to Buy Isa was a scheme. They have something similar now. I'm not really too familiar with the name, but it's a scheme where you put money in every month. And then when you go to purchase your property, you close the account and the government will give you a bonus on top of that, which will contribute towards your deposit, essentially. Yeah. So we fi- we were looking around and we fi- we didn't want a new build either because, in our opinion, new builds most of the time are not built the greatest there's a lot of problems with new builds that can come out and they sometimes cause more problems than than is necessary so we were looking around and we were actually looking at shared ownership resales so that is when somebody has purchased on shared ownership before and they're selling their share so our flat now that we are in it's not a new build Mm -hmm. um it's a converted property so there's four flats in our block and it is fairly new in the sense of you know, it's, it's not a Victorian house, but the person living here before they sold their share. So it's not like we're buying the share directly from the housing association that we bought the share from somebody else who bought the share from somebody else and so on and so forth. Okay. So we were looking around and um, we saw this flat. And one of the main appeals for us was the fact that the deposit was so low. So the deposit, I think our deposit was only like £3,000. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) £3,000. Yeah. So we own 25% share of the flat. Mm -hmm. And you only pay, we only paid a 5% deposit on the share that we were buying. So essentially it was 5% of the amount of the share that we Mm -hmm. were buying. So the share that we purchased, it was £70,000. Um, and obviously 5% of that was about 3000 something. If you include all the legal fees and stuff, I think it was about five, just over five grand, including wow. legal fees and everything. So that's why we chose shared ownership, just because it was a more affordable way for us to get on the property ladder. And we could actually afford to, to pay the deposit that yeah. we had. 
Wow, that is very affordable. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> really like the fact that you kind of went into detail because again, a lot of people, you know, they have lots to say about it, but they've never gone through the process. So let's yeah. talk a little bit more about the actual process. What was the process like? So like how long did it take you to find the property from actually finding it to then closing on the deal and moving in? Like how long was that process? And what was it like for you? Because a lot of people share their nightmare stories <laughs> when it mm. comes to actually closing and then being able to move in and the exchange and all that kind of stuff. So what was it like for you? So our story is actually quite interesting, um, to be honest, because this was like three years ago now. So it's really hard for me to remember the exact times because it didn't take too long. To be honest, a shared ownership uh, mortgage and everything is very, very similar to a normal mortgage. So the purchasing process and everything is pretty much the same. Um, we had a mortgage broker who helped find us a deal. But then again, it's it's a mortgage broker that understands the shared ownership scheme. It's a, it's a solicitor that understands the shared ownership process. Mm. So when we were looking at flats, we were looking at several, we, it took a long time because we were looking at loads of different websites. And obviously with new builds, um, especially if they're not built, you have to be living in the area or you need to have some kind of connection to the area. So a lot of places were like, oh, no, you have no connection to the area or whatever the case is, um, especially with schemes. They tailor them specifically for people that live within that that area or or they work there or have some kind of affiliation with that area. So we were getting a lot of no's mm. or properties that we went to. That's why we decided on resales mostly, because it didn't matter what area it was in, because it was like a person was selling it rather than an association trying to get rid of the property or to sell the property um we went to view somewhere it would say because we wanted a two bed so it was like oh yeah it's a two bed but the second bedroom was like a cupboard just like you know going on viewings after viewings but and you have to keep looking as well because they refresh new ones come on all the time or the property wouldn't be ready in time for us to get married and move in. It will be after or it will be too early before. So there was a lot of um, things to look at in that aspect. Another uh, thing that you have to go through, well, you go, go through with mortgages as well, um, but they have to test your uh, affordability. Mm-hmm. So on the actual website where you see the shared ownership properties, they already do an assessment before you even go and see the property, before you can even go book a view in, before you can do anything. Um, you have to do an affordability and they have to see if you can afford, you know, the rent and the mortgage. Obviously, the mortgage is not set in stone. It's a rough estimate of what the mortgage could be. So they do that before you even go and see the flat. If you can't afford it, they won't even bother showing you. It's like they just don't, they won't even entertain you. Um, So after we saw the property and the funny thing is, right, this is, this is, where the story gets a bit interesting because we we came to view the property and there was like so many people in the house there was like there were there was the second bedroom had a bunk bed and a normal bed and then the other bedroom had a double bed and a a cot like a baby's crib and we were just like why there's so many people in here like I don't understand so we were going through, we'll come to view, like we would come here and there'll be so many people in here, like, and you could tell they weren't related, like they weren't family, it was like, there'll okay. be like a black lady and then like an Eastern European couple and it's like, okay, what, what are you guys doing living together? And as we went on the process, we actually got a bit concerned 
because we were like like with shared ownership you're not actually legally allowed to rent out your property you're not allowed to do it mm-hmm. if you own it outright you can but if you own a share you're not allowed to rent it out like a buy to let property mm-hmm. um but basically we found out that the lady who owned it before was renting it out to these people okay. she wasn't actually living here um which was just crazy and we were scared that they were not going to leave i think it transpired that they didn't know what was going on I don't know if they thought we were coming to rent it or or I don't know if they knew what was going on, but we were scared that they were just not going to move out. And then when we moved in, there was a lot of problems with the property. Things were not working. Like the washing machine was not working. The toilet wouldn't flush. And the thing is, we checked these things when we came. So I'm not sure if they like intentionally broke things. So, I know that's kind of off topic, but it was just such a crazy experience. So, as much as it just, sounds crazy, a lot of people do stuff like that. Yeah. It's so, it sounds nuts to think about it, but people do that. It's really bad. But, yes. Yeah, so, if you're going to view a property, just take pictures, do videos, because you really don't want to end up in, in that situation. Um, so, going back to the actual process. So, once you see the property you like, you put an offer in. It's like a normal property. Put an offer in them. I'm happy. I want to take this property. And then you'll get told whether you've been accepted or not. Mm-hmm. And once you've been accepted, you start going through the mortgage process. So like I said, we had a mortgage broker. She found the best deal for us. Then we started doing the mortgage process. We had to provide all of our documentation, our bank statements, um, proof of ID, proof of address, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so normal mortgage process that you go through when you're buying any kind of property. We also had to find a solicitor that was special, a specialty in shared ownership that understands the process. You know, whatever the solicitor side that they do, mm-hmm. they have to understand it. You can do a normal, have a normal mortgage broker to do it. But I think because it's like a shared, you're not buying the whole property. There's like extra things they have to do. Yeah. Um, then you need someone that understands that process. I think for us, um, the process didn't take too long. We, I don't remember when we started, but I remember we completed in August okay. of 2018. 2018? No, 2017. We completed in August 2017. Um, but we had to be on the back of our solicitors. That's one tip that I would give if you're buying any property. Like, you need to be on the ball. Solicitors can be slow. Mm-hmm. They can take their time. And especially if you're going to go through, for example, buying a new build, they will expect you to exchange and complete within like 28 days or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if that was the case for us, but we had to, things had to move a lot. They do tend to move a lot quicker than a normal mortgage. They have to move a lot quicker, which is why you need someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. But me and my husband were just on our solicitor's back, like all the time, like, is this done? Is that done? Is that done? You know, just just completely on it when we completed we just came to get the keys so we came to the house and as I was saying about the people that were living here the lady that owned the property didn't even come and give us the keys it was her friend okay um which was one of the people that was staying here Mm -hmm. so that's pretty much it I mean the in a nutshell the shared ownership mortgage process is no different to a normal property you just need specific people that understand and obviously your mortgage product so for example the rate that you'll get on your mortgage will be a lot different because you need a specific product for shared ownership so it may be that it will be a bit higher than if you were just going to get a normal mortgage okay yeah 
<laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So what? let's go into the pros, because I'm sure that's what people want to know. What are the pros? I can already identify some pros from the price you said that you put down. <laughs> but because that was definitely less than I spent on my wedding and I didn't even spend that much. Yeah. Anyway, so what would you say some of the pros are? So obviously one of the pros <laughs> are that it's a lot less deposits put on property to get on the property ladder. Mm-hmm. It's ideal for people that they're like, look, we want to get on the property ladder, but we don't have a lot of money for a deposit. So it's definitely a good option if you don't have the funds and you say to yourself, okay, I'm probably not going to have the funds for a house for another 10, 15 years, you know, because house prices are getting ridiculous now. The type of deposit that you need to put down on a house compared with salaries is just, it's just ridiculous in my opinion. So if you say, look, I want to get on the property ladder, I want to start going somewhere then it's definitely an option also because it works like a normal mortgage so you can remortgage and if you have equity you can increase you can take out money so say for example you've paid off a lot of your mortgage and you want to borrow a bit more for something or borrow a bit more to I don't know buy another property and you have enough equity then you can do that if you want to sell your share once you sell your share and you pay back the mortgage left that you owe to your lender you will then get money the rest of the money back and if there's enough you can use it as a deposit on another property so it works like a normal mortgage it's just a smaller percentage so it is a less deposit um and you just own less of the house another pro is that obviously you own it your name is on the title these your name is on the property you are in control of what happens in your house. If this kind of ties in with the cons, which obviously we'll talk about after, but um, there's a lot of, I've seen a lot of misconceptions on social media that are like, oh, if you need to change the oven, you need to get permission from the housing association for you to change the hob or for you to change the oven, which is not the case at all. Obviously, I'd always advise that you check with your housing association first because I called them before we did anything and I double checked with them. And I actually spoke to a property manager that works there. And she said, look, in your house, you are responsible for the upkeep of your property. If something goes wrong, if you have a leak, if you have, if the heater breaks, you're responsible. Mm -hmm. So if your oven breaks, you can change it. You don't need to ask permission. If the bathroom is old and outdated and it just needs a freshen up, you can do that as long as you're replacing things like for like. So obviously, as you would know, we've done up our kitchen, we've done up our bathroom, we ripped everything out and we replaced it. The only difference is we kept the layout exactly the same. So you have to keep the layout the same as the floor plan. You can't move the sink somewhere else or move the light fitting. If you want to do that, if you want to change the layout, then you need to get permission. Okay. And that's where there's more fees that come into it because you have to pay for admin fees and for them to come and do checks and all of this crazy stuff. Okay. So I would say definitely the pros, the money. Mm-hmm. But also you are getting your own property. You do own it and you can paint it how you want. You can decorate it how you want. You can put a new bath in, put a new shower in, whatever it is. Just as long as it's like for like you can change the flooring, you can do you have the freedom as any homeowner. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't have the freedom to change 
the layout of the property. And like I said, you know, if you sell the property, you if you have um, equity, if you have excess money from paying back your mortgage or whatever, then you get that money back like a normal mortgage. So you're literally on the property ladder. You literally, you own the house. Your name is on the title deed. Your name is on the mortgage. Your name is on the property. You're liable just as you are any any other person. Nice. Okay. That's really interesting. Definitely put it on the table for us. Okay. <laughs> what would you say the cons are? What are the cons? So one of the cons is that it is shared. So you have to pay rent and you have to pay service charge. Even if you buy out your property, oh, that's another pro, you can buy 100%. You can staircase and you can buy out the whole property at 100%. Mm-hmm. So then the the shared ownership part will no longer exist because okay. it's yours. Yeah. Um, but one of the cons is that obviously the service charge and the rent, if you do buy out 100%, you still have to pay service charge because you're in a flat. If it's a flat, of course. Um, if, if you're in a house, shared, that'll be different. If it's a house, then you can, if you buy outright, then obviously you don't pay a service charge. The thing is with houses on shared ownership, people, normally you don't pay a service charge on a house. But if it's shared ownership, because you don't own the land, you're still paying a service charge, if that if that makes sense. You're still having to pay something to the housing association because you don't own the land yet. Mm -hmm. You don't own the freehold. So essentially, yeah, it's leasehold. Okay. Yeah. But because we're in a flat, we own a leasehold. If you live in a flat, you buy our right, you pay service charge for the maintenance of the communal areas. Um, The only thing is, because obviously shared ownership is considered social housing, sometimes housing associations don't take the best care of the communal areas as they could we have had a lot of problems with our housing association where all the blocks because there's a lot of blocks in our compound they're small blocks but there's a lot of them and they're managed by different people i think we're the only block managed by our housing association so last summer all of the blocks got repainted the doors got repainted i could see them from my window Mm -hmm. repainting the inside changing the carpets even the block next door to us uh, what happened to us? Where Where's our paint? Where's our carpet change? There's nothing. For you to get anyone to come and fix something, you have to fight. Wow. Sometimes I feel like we're the only ones that are complaining mm. because it's like we had to complain three times for the door intercom because it wasn't working properly. There was a time when it rained heavy. The water was leaking inside the communal area, all down the door, down the light switch. Wow. Even until now, you can see the damp mark. The paint is peeling off the wall and they haven't come to fix it. You can see the damp marks on the carpet and they haven't come <laughs> to fix it. And it's oh like, and every year they increase the rent. Every year they increase the service charge, mm-hmm. but they do nothing. So that is the biggest con for me. The biggest con is that, and the biggest con, and it is a con, is that <laughs> they put the rent up. <laughs> they put the rent up every year mm-hmm. and it's like okay you're charging me more but what are you doing yeah and that is the most annoying thing because our mortgage is really small mm-hmm. but most of our money is going towards paying rent to a housing association that doesn't care that doesn't okay. do anything mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest negative to shared ownership is the fact that you get this sense of they don't really care because there's people in the blocks that are renting, you know. Yeah. Not everyone owns their flat. 
there'll be people that own it, people that are renting it. There's a flat upstairs to us that is owned by somebody else and they're renting it out. Okay. So I don't know what the situation is there, if they're one shared ownership or they just own it outright. Um, so that's one of the biggest cons. Another one is that when you do go to sell, it's a lot more of a complicated process. You have to, like somebody has to come and evaluate how much they think the property is worth before. I mean, I'm not clear on the process to be honest because we haven't gone through to sell it yet, Mm -hmm. but it's like they have to come and see and they have to see how much it costs or how much they think it is. And then you can start, then you have to ask permission from the housing association. You have to let them know, look, this is my intention. I want to sell it. Then they will put it on the market. They have a few weeks or so. And if they don't get any interest, then you can put it on the on the private market, on the open market. So okay. they have to market it first. Mm-hmm. Then you, if they don't get any interest, then you can market it. Okay. So it's just like, it's a, it's a lot more of a complicated process for you to sell um, than it is a normal house. Because you have to go through them. You have to tell them, we're looking to sell. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a whole, I think I looked at the documents, like a good 10-step process. Okay to the end so that's probably the most annoying thing about it is that it's just not as straightforward really mm-hmm. well, that's really interesting um any other cons or would you say those are the main ones I think those are are the main cons um I mean like I said that nobody really checks on you nobody I mean that can be a good thing and a bad thing mm-hmm. but nobody really comes to check nobody really communicates with you to talk to someone's really hard I mean we're in the process of actually trying to talk to them now because they've put our rent up and it's just like why the hell are we paying this amount of money when you're not doing anything um it's even got to the point where we're considering writing a letter getting all the um neighbors to sign it because we've spoken to them recently and they all complain I've had a time where the next door neighbor I heard her come out and she was talking to the cleaners. She was like, nobody comes to clean the outside of the windows anymore. And she was like, I've lived here for 15 years. They used to always come and clean the outside of the windows twice a year. Nobody's done it in a long time. Why? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's these little things. It's just like, we. so now we have to go and contact MPs and write letters and do all of this stuff just to get your attention to do something when you're just going to turn around and put the rent up and just not do anything at all. So that that's the biggest con is that, you, you don't get looked after as, as well as maybe if it was another situation, you know? Oh, that's interesting. Do you think it would be any different if you were in a house as opposed to a flat? What, under shared ownership? Yeah. Um, I think it would be different in the sense that there's no communal area. Mm. I think the biggest communal area would be like the outside gardens, you know, like the trees around or the bushes. I think it would be different with a house just because there's no actual communal area. If there's a leak in your door and you're living in a house, that's your problem. Like (laughs) you have to fix it. Um, But whereas in a flat, they are duty bound to take care of the communal areas. And if you're not doing, doing a good job, like why are you putting the rent up and you're not even consulting us? Like you haven't even, you know spoken to us or said you know this is what we're planning to do do you have any complaints blah 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 you just send a letter or we're putting the rent up yeah. and it goes up every year I was and just it gonna is ask hard. that is it year after year that yeah it... it's year after year that it goes up the rent wow. um 
so that's what makes it hard because you're paying a mortgage at the same time it's not just rent and service charge like a rented property you're paying a mortgage as well and even though the mortgage is a fraction it's so like our mortgage is like 300 pounds okay which is it's nothing yeah but when you add the rent and service charge that's where it's like you know you can't you can you can fix your mortgage for a certain amount of years but you can't fix the rent they put it up every year but then you don't know where the money's going it's like okay where's the money going and that's what we're trying to find out now where are you spending all this money that you're taking from us and not doing anything like yeah it doesn't make any sense that's crazy okay so I have a question are there any things that you wish you had known or done differently before purchasing your flat um anything I wish I'd done differently or you wish you'd known that I'd wish I'd known (laughs) yeah that you know now I'm not really too sure to be honest I think if I had the option Mm -hmm. I probably would not have gone down the shared ownership route if I had the money if I had the money to avoid going down the shared ownership route or if I was in a position where I was like okay um if we say for maybe another year or two we can afford to get a house then Mm -hmm. I would definitely avoid the shared ownership scheme like it's a very good scheme it's a very 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 good scheme for those that need it Mm -hmm. but if you say to yourself do you know what I can hold out another year or two yeah and I'll be in a position where I can just go on the mortgage full out then I would choose that option over shared ownership don't just go for shared ownership because it looks appealing or because oh I'm going to save money because in the long run your rent is going to go up yearly Mm. and it will just be more of a headache for you so if you really say, do you know what? No, I can hold out, hold out and just wait, just wait. That's what I would, I would advise because I don't regret going to shared ownership scheme at all. I, we have a lovely flat. It's very big compared to new builds that you see these days. The rooms are big. The, the lounge is big. Like we have good space. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would have wanted to stay here as long as I have done. I mean, we've only been here, what, three years? three four years now but for me I don't see it as a long-term solution it's more of a short-term thing mm-hmm. and if I could if we were in a position to I would have liked to move out a lot sooner okay um because if your property drops in price compared to how you bought it then it can negatively affect you. So obviously, because recently, like everything that's been going on, we've seen that the price, the property prices have dropped. So we're just kind of trying to wait it out a little bit. Um, but other than that, I don't, I, I don't think there's anything that I wish I would have known that I didn't know before that I know now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, are there any tips that you'd give to someone who wants to get onto the property ladder, or maybe they're interested in the shared ownership scheme because they feel like that's probably the best option for them? Any tips that you would give to someone? Um, don't rush into anything mm-hmm. definitely don't rush into anything um, you know take your time look at your options if you're looking at properties go and see as many as you can and really look at the property when you're there so check the lights check the water check you know everything that you can check obviously I don't know how viewings are these days because of COVID and probably you can't do those things right now but if you are looking to get on the property ladder, don't rush into anything. Mm-hmm. Really assess your options. I would recommend also finding a good mortgage broker. Many people would like to go directly to the lender, 
But if you do it that way, you're only going to get the products that that lender has on offer. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a mortgage broker, they have view of many, many different banks and building societies and people that you can learn from so you can get a better deal than okay. maybe just going than just walking into HSBC and going oh I want a mortgage mm. because they'll just show you what they have yeah um but yeah that's the biggest advice just take your time don't rush into anything if you are looking at going on the shared ownership scheme make sure you look at the rent definitely ask how much will the rent increase every year because you need to make sure that you can afford yeah. the rent year on year um especially if it's going up every year yeah there's no point in you going into a property where it's like oh the rent's 500 pounds okay cool we can afford it mm. but can you afford it when it goes up to six seven eight hundred pounds you know yeah can you afford it then especially if if salaries are not going up as fast as as the rent. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that you can afford to pay the rent for the long term um is there any other advice i'll give for people that want to get in the property ladder? one thing that we did before we went on the property ladder is we listed out all the areas that we wanted to live in mm-hmm. so we made a list of all the areas we would want to live in and we just focused our search on that area i think just knowing what you want like we knew we wanted a two-bed so one bed were not an option. Mm-hmm. So we already filtered that out. We knew exactly what areas we wanted to live in. Look, make sure that you're near transport links. Make sure that you're near places where you can go and shop. You know, just go go one day for a drive or walk around the areas that you that you're looking in and get a feel for the area. This is all, these are all things that we did before we really chose where we wanted to to live or chose the flats that we wanted we went around the area we looked at the area what's the area like does it feel safe Mm -hmm. what are there schools good schools in the area especially if you're looking to maybe build a family and that's important to look at are we near transport link like for example where we live the main line train station is like five minute walk ten minute walk it's not too far um, so these are all things to look at, but just don't rush into anything, especially because mortgage brokers or estate agents, especially. And I say this with my husband being an estate agent. Estate agents <laughs> are very pushy. Mm. They're very pushy. They want to close that deal. Everything feels so, so will, urgent. <laughs> yeah. They will create urgency. And the thing is, with my husband, he's a salesman, obviously. So he hates it when people sell to him. Mm-hmm. So if people start pressuring him, he's just like, no, get out of my face. <laughs> get out of my face. <laughs> So they're going to want to pressure you. Mm-hmm. Not because, like, they want to help, but they, they want you to go with them. Yeah. Now, let's be real. So they will pressure you. They will push you. They will push you to make a decision. But mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable, stand your ground. Yeah. Stand your ground and be like, like, no, I need more time to think. I need to think this through. And you can feel guilty. You can feel like, oh, I'm w- like, that you're wasting any time. You're not. Because the one thing you don't want to do is get a property that you end up just hating or you end up not liking and then now you're stuck there for a while you know yeah definitely it's too big of a decision like where you live is so huge you want to make sure that you're actually happy Mm -hmm. with that definitely 
Well, thank you so much. So now, you know, you've really given some very useful tips and it's, you've definitely given a lot of insight more into the scheme. So if anyone was considering, I'm sure that they found, you know, the gems that you shared helpful. So let's talk a little bit more about what you do. Tell us more about your brand and, you know, what is your vision for it? And also tell us a bit more about Eloise Homeware. Well, I already said the name, but <laughs> about that. Yeah, so basically I, well, for those that follow me on Instagram, if you don't go check me out um <laughs> I'll definitely I, put all your links in yeah. the show notes so people can check it out so I have always been into home decorating home interiors stuff like that I love to make my home the best they can be so whether it's little touches whether it's the way it smells the way it feels especially after I got married I was like I really want to create a home that is you know, you want to come home to a home that is comfortable. And that's where I got the idea to um, create Eloise Homeware because I wanted to create like a line of, so like I said, I'm starting with wax melts. I'm going to be doing candles, room sprays, diffusers, things like that with good quality scents because I feel like fragrance makes such a big difference in the house. It does. It makes such a big difference, especially if it smells good. It just makes you want to be there. You know, I, I love being at home and especially now during COVID, people are at home so much more. And it's like you want to create an environment that you're happy to be in. Yeah. So th- that's the reason why I launched it is because I really enjoy taking care of my home. And eventually I want to get into, you know, like lamps and other soft furnishings like cushions and stuff. Just little things that people can add to their homes just to make it a brighter and a better place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, But then also along with that, I mean, because I've been trying to do a little Instagram thing for a while but I never sort of had that okay this is what I'm going to do I'm going to focus on this and you know people now they started seeing me do my cleaning videos and like showing people tips on how to clean and products and stuff like that and it's funny because I was speaking to someone about it the other day and I was like people will see that and think that I just started doing that just now mm-hmm. whereas this is something I started doing when I was still living with my mom when I was still in my mama's house. I was, <laughs> I, was <laughs> I, you know, I used to be um, just a quick sort of backstory to it. When I was living with my mum many, many a year ago, I used to be very lazy. I used to be very, very lazy. I used to hate cleaning. I used to never clean. My bedroom was a tip. And then one day I was just like, I just chucked everything out. You know, you just go in chuck everything out get rid of all the clutter and from then I kind of decided you know what I'm going to like fix my life fix my life up and I even started I talk about schedules a lot and scheduling your time and having automated habits where you just do things on autopilot Mm -hmm. so you don't really think about them but you do them and it becomes habit and it just gets easier so even at my mom's house Every week on a certain day, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to clean the bathroom. I'm going to hoover and I'm going to mop. I'm going to, I didn't even know how to use a washing machine. So wow. I had to, yeah, I had to, te- I taught myself how to use the washing machine. Like my mom never showed me like these things. So I started doing my own washing and I started already doing all of this stuff. I think I only really took ownership of it. And that's when I started sharing it on Instagram is when I got married because it was my own house. So with my mom's house, there was a lot of things that, that were out of my control. Um, so when I moved to my own space, 
I was even more determined to keep it tidy, to keep it clean, to keep it the best that it can be. And mm-hmm. it just sort of spiraled from there. And then I didn't know that the cleaning community on Instagram was a thing. Yeah. Like I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know this was a thing that people liked to to watch or to see. So I was like, you know what? Let me start sharing as well. Cause other people are sharing. Like, let me just share what I do. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that and people seemed to enjoy it. But I don't just want it to be a thing where, oh, you're watching me clean and you think I'm like this domestic goddess or whatever. Like, <laughs> I want to help people to better their schedules mm-hmm. to, because it's not it's not hard. Like, even though now I work from home full time, I was doing this when I was at a normal job. Yeah. Just my schedule was just a bit different and I would do things at different times and do things in different ways. Mm-hmm. But I'm now I'm starting to get into the field where, okay, I want to help people to adjust their schedules. I want to help people to use their time better. Whether you're working a nine to five or an 11 to three or whatever the case is, you know, there's everyone has the same amount of hours in the day and you can do it. You just need to eliminate distractions and you need to make the most of it so there's also going to be something that I'm going to be launching maybe within the next few months I'm not too sure yet um, of where I want to take that sort of aspect of my brand where people can book one-to-one coaching so they can get help with their schedule everyone's time is different and nobody's time is the same nobody's schedule is the same people's schedules are not a one-fits-all so I wanted to create this resource, if you want to call it that, so that people can book time. We sit down, we talk, we go through your schedule. We see, okay, what's working, what's not working? Where are you wasting time? Where are the distractions? And then we fix it. Then the week after we come back, we speak what worked, what didn't work. And that's sort of back and forth. Mm-hmm. So the it will be like they'll have a whole month where they'll have a follow-up. And we'll see how we can improve someone's schedule so that they can stay on top of everything. Um, I also have resources that I recently launched that has a schedule template that helps people, especially within the social media space, that need to keep on top of their consistency. And maybe they don't know how to put down on paper, okay, this is what I'm going to post each day or this is what I want to do. Um and just little things to help people because it's really not hard. People see me do anything. Oh, it's so difficult. But I've been doing it for years. So I'm used to doing it. It's a habit for me. It's something that comes naturally. Mm. So for me, it's like, okay, I just do it. Yeah. But if you're not used to it, you need that little bit of help. And that's kind of what I want to do. That's kind of what I want to help people with as well. And I'm kind of starting to lean more into that aspect of things. Um so yeah that sounds really really interesting and definitely useful something that you spoke about previously was about creating those automated habits and that is so key I think a lot of the times we kind of focus on the end result of what we want but then Mm -hmm. we kind of ignore the fact that everything that you want to build or develop starts with habits so even for me something that I did this year was I wrote down seven habits that I wanted to build and I signed it with my signature so I have to be accountable to myself that I'm going to build these seven habits this year and in doing that it's been so helpful because it's right there on my wall like I can see it right now as I'm talking to you (laughs) and it just kind of reminds me of this is what you said you're going to do like if you don't do this you're only failing yourself and I think it's nice building that accountability and having that you know very visual and obvious okay this is what you said you're gonna do 
you know, as a face, sometimes we just kind of say in our head, I want to be all, more organized. Everyone says that. But I yeah. think having a resource like what you're going to offer, it's going to be great, especially for those that maybe they're just kind of getting started in their career or they've had a life change and then life is just so much more busy. And it's like, mm. how am I supposed to balance this all and be level headed? It's not easy. So I think it's going to be really, really, really good. And it's going to help a lot of people. What you're yeah. Doing. I hope it does help a lot of people and I think just one key thing to point out is that you know the resources that I've put out so I also have a, a daily cleaning checklist which is something that I practice on a daily basis it's not like people may look at it and think oh because I know there's a lot of people that put out stuff and they don't practice what they preach oh yes there is that could be a whole other podcast that is a whole <laughs> podcast. but it's like I'm not putting something out there that I don't personally do myself mm-hmm. is the is is the essence with the daily cleaning checklist every even it's so funny because a couple of my friend uh, my husband's colleagues that they follow me on Instagram they even asked him they was like so this checklist like does she actually do it and I was just like well thank god I actually do do it because imagine if I did it like that would be so embarrassing yeah. but he was like no every evening even if I'm like, oh, let's just go to bed. She's like, no, we have to do it. We have to remain consistent. And the thing with me, because I know myself, once I fall out of that habit, for me to get back into it is very, very difficult. Mm. So sometimes it's a sacrifice. Sometimes I am dead tired and I just want to go to bed. But I'm like, you know what? Let me quickly wipe wipe down the kitchen counters, finish the washing up. My husband puts the the dishes away. And it just makes me feel better in the morning because in the morning I wake up, I go into the kitchen for my breakfast. It's clean. There's no dishes. It's tidy. There's no mess on the side. It's ready for a new day. and I don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. I like that. And like you said, it really is about creating those habits. And obviously to create the habit, you have to be consistent in it. You can't just do it one day and then you don't do it for another month. Like it's not like going to the gym. And again... (laughs) That is a habit that, you know, if you want to build it, there has to be consistency. A hundred percent. And that commitment. So, well, thank you so much for sharing. This sounds really, really exciting. I'm excited to see, you know, where you're going to take your brand in the next couple of years, the next couple of months. So it's definitely exciting having you on sharing that. And it'd be great to kind of have a little update, you know, once you do launch that service that you can kind of speak a little bit more about it. And again, if anyone's interested, then, you know, you know where to go. If you need some help getting your life together, getting yourself organized (laughs) whether it's with your cleaning or even your time management then definitely reach out to Joanne so I'm going to put all her details in the show notes so that you can reach out to her so you can connect with her and also check out her YouTube channel as well she has lots of useful videos on there thank you for having me I'm so happy to be here thank you for joining me I've really enjoyed our chat it's been very very useful so thank you again for agreeing to join us um is there any last words or anything you want to drop before we finish um not really I think I've said everything I know I can talk too much so I think I'm just gonna (laughs) I'm just gonna leave oh actually one more thing I do want to drop I won't talk too much though I promise is that I'm actually launching a podcast as well so that's going to be interesting is outside of the cleaning topics Mm -hmm. is more talking about um adulthood um and how to navigate adulthood and you know things that people go through as adults and just trying to help people understand you know mortgages finances taxes all of that stuff that we don't learn so that's going to be launching as well but you know you can find all the details on my instagram 
Amazing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I think that is definitely a much needed area of discussion because again like you said there's a lot of things in adulthood and this is something I speak about a lot that we're not taught and you just kind yeah. of have to figure it out and sometimes in figuring it out you make a lot of very poor choices so I'm excited to see what you're going to do with your podcast and I'm sure it's going to be great so definitely looking forward to hearing more and you know also being a part of it I'm looking yeah. forward to our recording as well now we'll be recording next week <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be amazing well thank you so much for listening so if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts do give us a rating let us know how you found today's episode if you are listening to us on Spotify then share on social media how you found today's episode and again don't forget guys connect with Jo I'm going to put all her details in the show notes and thank you again for listening have a great rest of your week and I'll be back with you next Thursday